This morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let's take a moment of silence and self-reflection. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. 
We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you. And for his sake, he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ, and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Amen. May the Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, by your great goodness, mercifully look upon your people that we may be governed and preserved evermore in body and soul. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Our scripture readings will continue. Good morning. The first reading this morning is from the book of Ezekiel, chapter 37, verses 1 through 14, and this can be found in the Pew Bible on page 1345. For some background, Ezekiel was a prophet about 600 years before Christ was born. He was exiled to Babylonia with many Israelites, while others were scattered throughout the region. Ezekiel foretold the destruction of Jerusalem and the burning of the, and total destruction of the temple because the Israelites had disrespected God and defiled worship. Ezekiel also foretold that God would not forsake them, but would gather the exiled back together and reestablish their nation in Jerusalem, vanquishing their enemies. Ezekiel issued his prophecies over a span of 22 years. The verses we read today refer to dry bones, and those bones represent the Israelites 
who had been scattered and who have lost all hope in ever being together again. God promises to save them and breathe new life into them. Ezekiel chapter 37, beginning with the first verse. The hand of the Lord was on me, and he brought me out of the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, Son of man, can these bones live? I said, Sovereign Lord, you alone know. Then he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, Dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you, and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you, and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together, bone to bone. I looked, and tendons and flesh appeared on them, and skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy, son of man, and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come, breath, from the four winds and breathe into these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet, a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the people of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. My people, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord when I open your graves and bring you up from them. I will put my spirit in you, and you will live, and I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken, and I have done it, declares the Lord. The second reading this morning is Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord, my whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. More than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all their sins. The epistle this morning is taken from Paul's letter to the Romans, chapter 8, verses 1 through 11, 
And this can be found in your Pew Bible on page 1756. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of, of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires, but those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life because of righteousness. And if the Spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his Spirit who lives in you. Here ends the reading. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. The Holy Gospel this morning, according to St. John from the 11th chapter, Glory to you, O Lord. Our gospel this morning is indeed from St. John, chapter 11, verses 17 through 27. It can be found in your pew Bible on 1668. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. And when Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now, God will give you whatever you ask. And Jesus said to her, 
your brother will rise again. And Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Yes, Lord, she told him. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who was to come into the world. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? And so I answered, O Lord God, you know. And again, he said to me, Prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord, the Lord God, to these bones. Surely I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. Ezekiel 37, verses 3 through 5. People often wonder about what the resurrection is, is going to look like. You know, dead bodies coming back to life, really? No, it's not going to be like the walking dead. It's not science fiction. It's not horror. It's everlasting life. And it starts with the breath, the Spirit of God. When the Spirit comes to the graves of the dead on the last day, our bodies will be put back together, and we will rise and be alive again. But you've already risen. You've already risen from the dead. You've already had the Spirit breath. The Spirit has breathed life into you. Remember when man was created, it was with dirt, dust, you are. And to dust you shall return. Do you remember that? It was added with a little water that sprang up from the ground. And the breath, the spirit of God. And then the man was alive. He was given life. And that's, that's you in your baptism. You have the spirit. You have the water. And you have new life. You are raised from the death of sin in your baptism. Now, Jesus, he rose from the dead. 
and having conquered sin on Good Friday's cross and death from Easter Sunday's empty tomb, he breathed. Jesus breathed on his apostles, and he gave them new life. And the breath, the word that he breathed on them, they then spoke to you, for they bring the forgiveness of sins. Jesus gives them the Holy Spirit. They preach the word. They absolve sinners. So, every time you sin, every time you sin, there's proof of death. And the wages of sin is death. But every time your pastor absolves you, he's loosing your sins. You are being raised to new life. You are raised up from the waters of holy baptism into new life. You're a new creation. It's your resurrection. Every remembrance of your baptism, every pronouncement of absolution, every sermon preached, every supper of Jesus' body and blood, each each of these is like a little Easter for you. A transit from death to life. A resurrection from the dead to being alive. Each of these gifts is the Spirit breathing life into you day after day until you are laid in the ground and then he does it one last time on the last day when you will be alive forever. I know that Easter, and as we are entering into Easter, Palm Sunday already, next Sunday, Easter is supposed to be a time of great and utter joy, and, and it is. It's it's just that when Easter comes, there can some, sometimes be a, a lack. All right, full disclosure. Sometimes there can be a lack of energy in old Pastor Ken. It's most certainly true. It's, it's tiring. It's exhausting. And after Lent and after Holy Week, I'm beat. I'm tired. And if I had my druthers, we'd name the week after Easter shelter in place in your PJs. And we should not be surprised that pastors across the country would be sitting on their couch, not answering calls, emails. They're just going to hibernate. The flesh is weak. Now, I'm partially joking. The week after Easter is, is one uh, of the most common weeks for pastors to take off. It's a weak week. It's the week when 
I really don't want to do anything. And it's a great week. Again, our, our lectionary, we get to see Ezekiel and the dry bones from Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. Ezekiel sees a valley of, of skeletons, full of skeletons. They're, they're bleached white by the sun, the remains of a battle fought long, long ago. And God asks Ezekiel a simple question. He says, and you heard it earlier, the son of, son of man, he says, can these bones live? Now, according to all sense and reason, according to all normal expectations in the world, the answer should be no. They can't. And it doesn't take Marcus Welby, M.D., or any other physician, real or perceived, to tell us that Yeah, the patient didn't make it. They're gone. He's dead. They are already just bones. There's no more skin. There's no more flesh. They're gone. But we know that Ezekiel doesn't answer according to the normal expectations of the world, does he? He says, well, actually, he doesn't say... Oh, Lord, God, uh, you know, uh, God, I I wouldn't expect them to, but since you're asking the question, there's probably something that you know that I don't, and there's probably something in a plan that isn't what the world would expect. God tells Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones. He tells them to speak a word of God to them and to declare them that they shall live. It's a great narrative, Ezekiel 37. It's fascinating. There's zeal. There's, there's urgency. You should go ahead and read it. I mean, really, of God. And then the man was alive. He was given life. And that's, that's you. In your baptism, you have the Spirit, you have the water, and you have new life. You are raised from the death of sin in your baptism. Now, Jesus, he rose from the dead, and having conquered sin on Good Friday's cross and death from Easter Sunday's empty tomb, He breathed, Jesus breathed on his apostles and he gave them new life. And the breath, the word that he breathed on them, they then spoke to you for they bring the forgiveness of sins. Jesus gives them the Holy Spirit. They preach the word. They absolve sinners. So, every time you sin, every time you sin, there's proof of death. And the wages of sin is death. But every time your pastor absolves you, he's loosing your sins. 
You are being raised to new life. You are raised up from the waters of holy baptism into new life. You're a new creation. It's your resurrection. Every remembrance of your baptism, every pronouncement of absolution, every sermon preached, every supper of Jesus' body and blood, each, each of these is like a little Easter for you. A transit from death to life. A resurrection from the dead to being alive. Each of these gifts is the Spirit breathing life into you day after day until you are laid in the ground. And then he does it one last time on the last day when you will be alive forever. I know that Easter, and as we are entering into Easter, Palm Sunday already, next Sunday, Easter is supposed to be a time of great and utter joy, and, and it is. It's, it's just that when Easter comes, there can some, sometimes be a, a lack, all right, full disclosure, sometimes there can be a lack of energy in old Pastor Ken. It's most certainly true. It's, it's tiring. It's exhausting. And after Lent and after Holy Week, I'm beat. I'm tired. And if I had my druthers, we'd name the week after Easter shelter in place in your PJs. And we should not be surprised that pastors across the country would be sitting on their couch, not answering calls, emails. They're just going to hibernate. The flesh is weak. Now, I'm partially joking. The week after Easter is, is one uh, of the most common weeks for pastors to take off. It's a weak week. It's the week when I really don't want to do anything. And it's a great week. Again, our, our lectionary, we get to see Ezekiel and the dry bones from Ezekiel 37, 1 through 14. Ezekiel sees a valley of, of skeletons, full of skeletons. They're, they're bleached white by the sun, the remains of a battle fought long, long ago. And God asks Ezekiel a simple question. He says, and you heard it earlier, the son, son of man, he says, can these bones live? Now, according to all sense and reason, according to all normal expectations in the world, the answer should be no. They can't. And it doesn't take Marcus Welby, MD, or any other physician, real or perceived, 
to tell us that, yeah, the patient didn't make it. They're gone. He's dead. They are already just bones. There's no more skin. There's no more flesh. They're gone. But we know that Ezekiel doesn't answer according to the normal expectations of the world, does he? He says, well, actually, he doesn't say, oh, Lord, God, uh, you know, uh, God, I, I wouldn't expect them to, but since you're asking the question, there's probably something that you know that I don't, and there's probably something in a plan that isn't what the world would expect. God tells Ezekiel to prophesy to the bones. He tells them to speak a word of God to them and to declare them that they shall live. It's a great narrative, Ezekiel 37. It's fascinating. There's zeal. There's there's urgency. You should go ahead and read it. I mean, really, read it. Read God's line in it with passion. With urgency, God's doing something really exciting here. He's not bored with it. He's making his day. Those bones rise. And God promises resurrection both now, in life, and also eternally. God, he promises to breathe life into people, to restore people to open our graves and raise us. And the promise from our Father in heaven is, I have spoken. I will do it. And hear this. He says, I have spoken and I will do it. It doesn't matter if I'm weak. It doesn't matter if I'm worn out or drained. It doesn't even matter if I am not only dead tired. It doesn't even matter if I'm dead. God has spoken, and God will do it. You see, it doesn't revolve around me and my energy. It doesn't revolve around what you can bring to the table. God has spoken, and God does it. The beauty of Easter that is coming isn't that someday God will do something really cool. It isn't just that someday things will be better. God is active even when and especially when I'm weak and worn out and I can't do a thing but sit on the couch. He, God, He gives life, even when we are at our weakest and at our lowest and at our worst. Even the week after Easter, even the week after the party, even after the celebration, even the week when things are going their worst, even now during this pandemic, Christ is, Jesus, the Lord, has spoken life to you. In fact, he washed you in it, in your baptism. 
And he fed you the resurrection and the life in the supper. The world might see a weak, dried up mess sitting on the couch in his PJs. But God knows you and God knows your frame. He built you. He lives. And so do you. He has spoken and he will do it. Now, tying this all into the gospel, I want to ask you this question. Have you ever noticed how some who are steeped in sin get really angry when they hear about Jesus and his longing to save all who should believe? Have you ever noticed that? Listen to this from our our gospel this morning. So the priests, the chief of priests resolved to murder Lazarus because uh, through him many of the Jews were believing in Jesus. So Lazarus had been sick and they called on Jesus and he waited a few days and then left after Lazarus was dead. So imagine, it's really not hard during this this time of of illness across the world in this United States. It's not hard to imagine, but imagine you are sick. That you may actually be sick physically. Imagine that you may not feel ill, but you are sick and your sickness is going to end in a way that it ended for Lazarus. Imagine that. You're going to die. Now, I'm not talking about COVID-19 right now. I'm talking about the sickness, your sickness, my sickness, the world's sickness. That is sin. And there is no cure for it in this life. All you can do is manage the symptoms. It will always flare back again and again. Sooner or later, it will have its way. It'll have its way with you and me, and you will die. Jesus arrived too late for the funeral for his friend. He went to the tomb, and he called Lazarus by name, and he told him to come out. And from the tomb, still wrapped in his burial clothes, came Lazarus, alive. My brothers and sisters, you, you've been raised from the dead. You were called by name too. Again, I bring up in the baptismal font, you were buried with Christ so that just as he was raised from the dead too, you walk in newness of life. Paul wrote that in Romans 6, 4. We know that the wages of sin is death, and there's no avoiding it. You are going to die. But the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus. That means that you have life today. You have a new life. You have a new name. Forgiveness for everything that you have ever done for everything you haven't 
done. You, you are saved. You will be saved. It's as sure as the fact that Jesus died for you on that cross. That Jesus rose again. Now, the chief priests wanted Jesus dead. They wanted Lazarus dead too. As long as he was walking and talking, he was a reminder of how Jesus saved him. That's the way the world feels about Jesus and his gift of salvation. They hate it, and they want to snuff it out. And you too are a walking, talking, living witness to the Lent and the resurrection of Jesus. You you really should expect the world to try to do the same things that they did to Jesus. You will always be mocked for what Jesus did for you. You will be looked down upon, maybe even hated for what you believe about Jesus. You might even be martyred for his name, but don't fear. You were dead, but now you are alive in Christ. The most that anyone can do to you or to me is kill me or kill you. And we know that sin will do that one day anyway. You are alive in Christ. You need to confess Jesus. You need to stay faithful. You will live forever. So children of God, Can these bones live? Oh, yes. Yes, they can, Lord. Jesus defeated death for you and for me. These bones shall live because he did it for you. In the name of Jesus, amen. Our hymn of the day is Come Alive, Dry Bones. we have lost as we look down the road where all the prodigals have walked one by one the enemy is whisper lies and let them off as slaves but we know that you are God yours is the victory
God, now breathe, O oh breath of God, breathe, O oh breath of God, now breathe, breathe, O oh breath of God, now breathe, O oh breath of God, breathe, O oh breath of God, now breathe, as we call out to tribals, come alive, come alive, we call out to dead hearts, come alive, come alive, about of the ashes, let us see an army rise, we call out to tribals, come alive, yeah, we call out to tribals, come alive. Let us confess now together our faith to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried he descended into hell. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us now pray together for all people in accordance to their needs. We come, O Lord, with the dry bones of our broken hopes and disappointed dreams. Bind us up in Christ that we may learn to pray with confidence, trusting in your mercy to supply us with all things needful to us and to our salvation. Almighty God, everlasting Father, you saw Israel in their despair and raised them up to hope by placing your Spirit upon them. Join us together with the communion of the saints in Christ, even though we must for a short time stand apart. Raise us up from our weariness and grant us your spirit that we may be strong in faith, bold in witness, holy in life, and steadfast in hope. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O eternal Lord, your Son has given us the new birth of water and the word and 
planted faith in us that we might be your own children. Bless your church. Supply her with able, fearless, and caring pastors to nurture us in your word. Raise up faithful fathers and those who will teach and pray in your name in every Christian household. Keep your church in your mercy that she may believe without fear and love without limit, even now, Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. O God of power and might, you hold in your hand all the might of man. Give to us good government and faithful leaders who will heed your word and pursue righteousness and justice. Bless and defend us against all destruction, especially from this deadly pandemic. And teach us to be patient and faithful citizens of this land, using ourselves and our resources wisely for the good of all. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Most merciful Lord, your son shed tears for Lazarus, who he loved. Grant your compassion and patience and endurance to all who suffer illness, who are troubled in mind or whose time on earth is short. Spare us from death now, but give us courage and comfort for far stronger by your power over death. Eternal God, you carry the grief of those who mourn and remember all who die in Christ. Give comfort to the grieving and peace to the dying. And give that same comfort and peace to us who live in the shadow and fear of death, that we would neither live nor grieve as people without hope, but trust in you at every hour. Hear our prayers, especially on behalf of those who are hurting right now, and for those who we name out loud and in our hearts. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O gracious God, you daily and richly grant us all things that we need for this body and life. Bless our labors and grant us wisdom to use the fruit of those labors wisely and well for the care of our families, for the poor in their needs, and for support of your work in this congregation. Preserve us from fear and greed as we live and work alone and turn us instead in love toward our neighbors, however distant. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O blessed Lord, your word continues to go forth and bear good fruit. Bless the missionaries planting churches near and far. Bless those churches with whom we partner in the worldwide work of the gospel, and bless the congregations now that are struggling to fulfill your bidding and do what you have called them to do in your name. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. O Lord, 
God Almighty, through your Son, you have kept the promise of the ages and rescued us from sin. You have raised up the dry bones of a people captive to death and made us alive in Christ forever. Sustain us in this hope that we may endure the tests, trials, and troubles of this life and be ready when our Savior comes again in his glory through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now at this time, we would be sharing the peace. And I pray that you at home may share the peace with each other. And now, may the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. Let us share the peace. Wash your hands six feet apart. At this time, generally, well not generally, we would be collecting an offering. And we have, thankfully, to all of you that have mailed in your tithes and your offerings this week. We are going to pray together the offertory prayer. Please pray with me. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give him thanks and praise. It is, indeed, right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you, O Lord, Holy Father, through Christ our Lord. You bid your people cleanse their hearts and prepare with joy for the Paschal Feast. Renew our zeal in faith and life and bring us to the fullness of grace that belongs to the children of God. And so with the church on earth and the hosts of heaven, we praise your name and we join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. At this time, let us together pray the perfect prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, 
hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. These are trying times, and I encourage you to cast your anxieties onto the Lord, to remember that He has redeemed you, purchased you for a price. You're going to be okay. Keep praying. Keep reaching out. Give folks a call. And wash your hands. And now, the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Thank you for worshiping with us. We miss you. And we will be together soon one day. Our closing hymn is Praise to the Lord Almighty. May God bless you all. Sure.